Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. I'm laughing because I uh, recorded this intro, I want to say now like six or seven times. And I can, I just couldn't get it. I don't know what my problem is. And uh, one of the things I said in the previous one that I recorded was today we're going to be discussing a peculiar passage of scripture, but I could not figure out how to say the word peculiar. And I kept saying peculiar. (laughs) And I'm like, that sounds wrong. What's wrong with that? But yeah. So anyway, this is like my sixth take on this uh, intro, but I think uh, it's okay. So let's go ahead and discuss Exodus chapter 19 verses uh, 1 through 15. And yes, this is a very peculiar passage of scripture. At least I thought it was. I was uh, stumped on a few things, but hopefully we can figure it out and uh, it'll be a very meaningful portion of scripture that we discuss today. So grab your Bible. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of my Bible today, but you should should read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. Grab that cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and read. In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they had departed from Repetim and had come into the wilderness of Sinai, they encamped in the wilderness, and there Israel encamped before the mountain. Moses went up to God, and Yahweh called to him out of the mountain, saying, This is what you shall tell the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession from among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Moses came and called for the elders of the people and set before them all these words which Yahweh commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh has spoken, we will do. Moses reported the words of the people to Yahweh. And Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Moses told the words of the people to Yahweh. Yahweh said to Moses, Go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and be ready for the third day. For on the third day Yahweh will come down in the sight of all the people on Mount Sinai. You shall set boundaries to the people all around, saying, Be careful that you don't go up onto the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him. But he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it is an animal or a man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come up to the mountain. Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. He said to the people, Be ready by the third day. Don't have sexual relations with a woman. So as you can see, there is some uh, peculiar kind of things here going on in uh, Exodus chapter 19. And I don't remember if I told you guys what I was reading. I was reading (laughs) Exodus 19, 1 through 15 today. But 
one thing I was going to say, though, to start out, it says that they went into the region of Sinai. So a lot of people aren't actually sure where the Mount of Sinai really is. Because a lot of people think that it is in the region of Sinai, but other people think that it's in the region of Arabia, because that is what Paul had said in uh, one of his letters. And so, um, so a lot of people aren't quite sure where this Mount Sinai really was. But either way, Moses comes up to this Mount. And so this was three months after uh, the children of Israel or the Hebrews were freed from Egypt. So this was three months later is what it specifically says. So it says that Moses goes up to the mountain to talk to God. So God says all this stuff specifically to Moses. And he says, this is what you should tell the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. So I find that verbiage that God uses pretty interesting, because if you remember our Genesis episodes that we talked about with Jacob, he has the longest story pretty much of any of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob, I think, has the longest story. And Jacob, primarily, that particular name, Jacob, was usually used, it was when he was being deceiving, it was when he was being kind of shysty, it was when he was wrestling with God, and then finally God gives him the name Israel, and Jacob, he only uses that name afterward to like talk about the worst parts of himself. If if you see Jacob calling himself Jacob after God gives him the name Israel, it's usually because he is calling himself uh, a deceiver or something like that. So it's funny that God uses that particular name. He says that the children are the house of Jacob. <laughs> and so, I mean, at this point, the people were questioning God left and right. I mean, how many times already were they angry at God and angry at Moses because things weren't lining up exactly the way they wanted things to line up? So yeah, I mean, when God uses this term Jacob to describe uh, the Hebrews, he was saying they are already being like Jacob. But then he also calls them the children of Israel, which means, you know, Israel was also the other name. So they're both they're both, and uh, I mean, just like Jacob was, he was both Jacob and he was Israel as well. So it's funny that God chooses that verbiage to describe the children of Israel right now. So it says that uh, he's talking to Moses in verse four. He says, you and the people have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how basically I rescued you out from that particular bondage and slavery that you were once a part of. And he says, I bore you on eagle's wings, which is what the W.E.B. version says. But it basically means that I held you up. I lifted you up. And if you know anything about eagles, which I, I really don't know much about eagles, but one thing I do know about them is that they can soar to really high heights. And how they do that is they just glide with the wind and they can get up really, really, really high. So a lot of times when God particularly men mentions uh, eagles, he's mentioning how they're soaring on the wind. So he says God is basically put them on those eagles wings. They, they soared. So, I mean, this analogy God is using is really fascinating to prove that, you know, God lifted them out of that bondage and that slavery and brought them to new heights. <laughs> and so it says that also he says, and I brought you to myself is what it says in verse four. So it wasn't just to bring them out of that bondage, but it was also to bring his people close to him. So he brought them to new heights and he brought them close to him. And he says, 
Uh, If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession from among all the peoples. I love that verbiage. I think that is so beautiful. Just think about being God's possession. You know, we don't often like to hear the term possession, you know, (laughs) we don't like to hear that term or be considered a possession, but think about being God's possession. I mean, that would be so cool and so wonderful because, I mean, we are God's possession, but I mean, just think about that. That is such a fascinating term because God is wonderful and he frees us from burdens and he protects us and takes care of us. He gave the people manna that tasted like wafers with honey. So it was delicious food. He was giving people good food. He he puts them on the eagle's wings. And, you know, it, it's just a fascinating term that God uses here that the people are going to be his own possession. I just did an episode yesterday, I think, on Mark, where I talked about how we have become, through Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters of Jesus because of Jesus's um, sacrifice for us. And how if we choose to believe in that sacrifice and we choose to believe in Jesus, God the Father adopts us as his children. And we become then brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We become part of that family. So we're family members of God the Father. So we're God's possessions. And this is what he's saying here. You know, he's, he's saying that the people were going to be his possession. And then he says in verse six, that the the children of Israel will also be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And that's what we are currently right now. I believe it's Hebrews that describes Jesus as our high priest. And I think it's Peter that describes all Christians as holy priests and a holy nation of believers. And I mean, this is what we are nowadays. So it's just fascinating how God does say that he's always the same. And even back then in the time of Moses, he's already expressing what his design was for the future for everybody. I mean, he's wanting the nation of Israel to become a a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. And yet now that is what God considers Christians is holy priests. So one thing I looked up is what a priest is according to God. And I wanted to be very clear on that. So let's think about a priest. And I'm not talking about a Catholic priest, but a priest as described in the Old Testament. A priest is somebody that has direct access to God. A priest is somebody who um, teaches other people, you know, and a priest is also somebody who can perform the rituals and do everything that God commands them to do. And a priest is also somebody that has a direct relationship with uh, God himself. So priests are very special people. So God considering the nation of Israel to be priests is a beautiful thing because he does say that the nation of Israel is going to bless every other nation on earth. They're going to be the holy nation and other nations will come to God because of the Israelite nation, which is true because we still have this book of Exodus today, and we still read this. And because of everything going on right here from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, it's very true. I mean, God was setting the stage for billions of people to come to him through these words right here in Exodus and beyond. So I really think it's cool how it kind of lines up and how all the way over on the other end of the Bible, where Peter and Revelation, actually, I think it's also in Revelation, where 
they talk about the Christians being a holy nation and a nation of priests. God was setting the stage for that way back then right here. He was already showing the world what he wanted. He wanted us to become priests. He wanted people to become a holy nation. And it all started right here with the Israelites. This is how this all started. And yet at the same time, nowadays, it's also meant for us. So God is always the same. It says in the Bible that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this right here, something written thousands of years ago, just proves that. Because the book of First Peter or Second Peter, whatever that's in, in the book of Revelation, were written thousands and thousands of years later after Jesus had gone back up into heaven. So it just proves how God was the same all the way back in this book in Exodus. So anyway, moving forward, it says in verse 7 that Moses uh, called for the elders of the people and told them everything that Yahweh said to him on the mountain. And the people answered together. They said, all that Yahweh has spoken, we will do. (laughs) And after this, it says, Moses reported the words of the people to Yahweh. So then it says that Yahweh says to Moses, I'm going to come down to you guys in three days in a big, thick, giant cloud. And he says all of these different things. He puts these boundaries up in place. He literally says the word boundary, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in verse 12, he says, I'm going to set a boundary or bounds to the people all around saying, be careful that you don't go up onto the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. So that's a boundary God is putting in place here for his people. And a lot of people think, you know, they read portions of scripture like this and they're like, God is so mean. How could he possibly kill somebody for touching a mountain? Well, this mountain was extremely holy. And God says that no one can come up to this mountain unless they're made clean three days later. Basically, they have to be clean. They have to have their, uh, they have to have their, hands washed and their face washed and it says that they have to have their clothing washed they're supposed to be made clean and this is God putting a boundary of how holy he is in place to show the people how unholy they are people like to believe that they're not that bad <laughs> I mean I I do it too I have to check myself all the time I have a, a wonderful husband who checks me constantly so <laughs> But no, he really does. And it's it's good for me that he does check me. And I have a mom that checks me and a sister that checks me. And I do the same for them, hopefully. But it's important to not believe that you are better than you are. I mean, Paul talks about that constantly. I think it's in Galatians chapter 3. I just realized I'm jumping around scripture a lot in this episode today. But I think it's Galatians 3 where Paul talks about um, people are not as great as they say they are. And uh, that might sound mean to some people, but it's true. I mean, compared to God, we are really, really bad. I mean, compared to God, we suck. So God is showing the people of Israel here by setting this bound around the mountain where he is currently at, that if anybody touches it, they would be put to death because they are not holy. They should not be touching that mountain. And God is going to show himself to the people in three days and show them when they see his splendor and his glory coming down onto that mountain in that big, thick 
cloud that he says he's going to appear in. And he's specifically doing this. It says here, um, I come to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. So he's doing this to prove to the people that he is real, that he is around and that he is saying these things to Moses. So he's doing this to show the people it's a sign for them. So it says then that God says to Moses, go to the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, Yahweh will come down in sight of all the people on Mount Sinai. You shall set bounds to the people around saying, be careful that you don't go up onto the mountain or touch its border. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. And this is also uh, God forcing the people to obey for a change. <laughs> he doesn't force people to obey very often, but at this time, he, I mean, he's not even forcing the people to obey even in this time. I mean, they can touch the, the border, but I mean, they're going to be put to death if they do. But I mean, God is showing the people like, look, if you do this, here is the punishment for it. But anyway, to conclude, it says here that Moses comes down from the mountain and uh, he ends up sanctifying the people and they all wash their clothes. So he tells them everything that they're supposed to be doing. And he talks to them about the, the boundaries put in place. And then he says to the people, uh, be ready by the third day. Don't have sexual relations with a woman. So be as clean as you possibly can be. And I think the W.E.B. kind of wor words this sort of weird. I'm pretty sure it's uh, don't have sexual relations with your wife. So he's telling couples to not have sex for three days because the law is not in place yet. And we do find out from the Levitical law that certain sexual acts were considered unclean. So in order to not have the people, if they do do a uh, sexual act that is not considered clean, if that makes sense, Moses is just having the people avoid sex altogether. But I want to mention that sex between a husband and a wife, God does not consider unclean. In fact, God encourages it <laughs> when he says, be fruitful and multiply to uh, Adam and Eve and to Noah when he gets off the ark with his wife. I mean, he's always encouraging the relationship between a husband and a wife in that way. So um, Moses here, this is a special situation where people just have to try to be as clean as they possibly can be. And when I say clean, I mean sanctified, holy, redeemed. That is what I mean when I, I say the word clean, by the way. So Moses is just telling the people in, uh, in a nutshell, be as sanctified as you can be for three days, because this is a very holy thing that you are about to witness. So make sure your body is clean. Make sure your clothes are clean. Make sure that your actions are uh, clean <laughs> and just make sure that you are ready and prepared for when God comes to you in three days, because this is a fantastic event that you are about to see. This is a very holy event and you need to be as clean as you can possibly be for this event. So friends, we'll talk about um, Exodus chapter 19, the rest of it on Friday. So join me then at 6 a.m. But friends, if you liked this episode, please rate it five stars and share it on your social media platforms. But also go to my website, www.p40ministries.com and take a look at the brand new website design that I just did last week. I put a ton of work into it and I think it looks pretty good. I mentioned last week that uh, my old website kind of reminded me of like a MySpace account. <laughs> 
It was kind of weird looking, but I, I changed it up and I think it's much more modern looking now and um, easier to navigate as well. So everything's much more streamlined. Also, my fall collection is back in the store. So take a look at that. I will drop a link to the store in the bio of this podcast episode and you can purchase your very own cozy fall sweater. Uh, for the upcoming months that are going to get kind of chilly here. Unfortunately, I do enjoy summer, but um, fall is very nice as well. Actually, I do like fall a lot. I love the colors. But uh, yeah, take a look at that. And uh, friends and faithful listeners, I've got nothing else to say except happy listening and God bless. <laughs>